Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Happy New Year and welcome to the Two Robbies Podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Liverpool bringing the New Year with some style after a wild 4-2 win against a struggling Newcastle side at Anfield. Questions begin to pile on Mikel Arteta and his squad as Arsenal lose their second match in a row with a 2-1 loss at Fulham. The Manchester United roller coaster ride takes another drop for Eric Ten Hag as they lose 2-1 at Nottingham Forest. Manchester City continue to lurk in the title race as they sweep aside Sheffield United 2-0. And we'll be reviewing our underappreciated teams of the season so far. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Okay, my friend, uh, busy few few days of um, end of 2023, start of 2024. Uh, always a highlight of any fixture list is Liverpool-Newcastle. I mean, this has been a classic throughout the years. We've seen lots of drama going back to the Kevin Keegan days and the like. Um, we got the goals in this one, Rob. They all came in the second half. Uh, maybe not quite the drama of some in the past, but certainly was, was a game with a thread, I think, of Liverpool. Um, I think coming out of it, a record XG, 7.7 to 7xG, the, the, the highest they've had on record since 2011, since the record began. Uh, it's a Liverpool team that are creating chances and in Mo Salah are taking chances. I mean, we've got to obviously realise Mo Salah goes to the African Cup of Nations over the next few weeks and, mm. and will be missing. And, and that, you know, what does that mean for Liverpool? But your overview of the game, Robert, and <clears throat> Liverpool getting another three points. Well, it's uh, it's starting to get exciting now for Liverpool, uh, Rob, and the fans there. I, I, I mean, the game started in, in the manner you might expect. I mean, what are you going to tell your Liverpool team? Starting at Anfield, a chance to make some gap at the top of the Premier League title against a Newcastle side that's dead on its feet. It's had a million games with the same players almost every time. You're going to start quickly, and they started very, very fast. Mm. I'll tell you what we are at the moment, Rob, with Liverpool. Um, <clears throat> they're back to that very high, aggressive, dominant press. It's so difficult again now to play against Liverpool and that wasn't the case for a little while. They went off that a little bit. Midfield of last year was a little older. We know there's been changes in midfield. There's more legs in midfield. You've got the energy of Darwin Nunes who particularly starts that off well in terms of pressing. Um, that, that was the first thing I've noticed with this game, Rob. was like, wow, Liverpool's... Mm. I don't know, the intensity in their football's back. The fans think something else, something could be happening here. I think Jurgen Klopp said after us, Rob, that we're in the middle of something here, saying the same thing, that something's happening. Now, there's a ton to talk about. Um, Headline is, they've got a lot of creativity. They're creating bundles of chances. We'll get on to to why they're not finishing some of them. And Mm. I thought the biggest moment, Rob, was the substitutions again. And, And this might be a theme for the next few weeks and months as the season kind of draws to an end. The teams, the big boys that have got the best options off the bench and Liverpool with their five kind of star attacking players right now all being fit. If somebody ain't doing it, then somebody else comes off the bench and will relish a chance to start doing it. That's happened twice now for Jogo Jota. Uh, Gakpo comes on and scores as well. So the strength off the bench, the excitement part, the pressing part, and this isn't perfect, by the way, yet from Liverpool. There's still, no. you know, still things to kind of tweak a little bit, but it's looking pretty ominous now and that was an impressive victory against Newcastle yeah uh, I'd agree with most of that I, I saw my headline and going and I think it's something we touched on last week that I think it's going to be an imperfect Champions 
winner this season and right now maybe City apart, Liverpool look like they've got the best of the imperfections. Yeah. Um, creating chances more than other teams. Mo Salah's a difference maker. I'm going to get onto him yeah. a little bit later, Rob. But what you what you say in the players that can come in, I, I think if we were if I'm just doing a, a straight comparison between Arsenal and Liverpool, Arsenal's front three uh, are tired. Have, have got a little bit bogged down with it. I've not got the rhythm and the confidence. I look at Liverpool, Rob. And you feel these goals. Now, Darwin Nunez, we know, has got to become a little bit more clinical, but his runs over the top and the, 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 the way he plays and the intensity and the press that he starts is so important for this team. He's given them an energy that they've missed. Yes, he's got to get better with his finishing. Jogo Jota is, is such a clever little footballer. Yeah. He's going to be an important part. Gakpo's a different type of player, Rob. Mm. Likes to knit the game in, come deep a bit Bobby Firmino-esque. But what, what I'm thinking with Liverpool is I'm seeing different attacking options that they can go to down this stretch of the second half of the season. That's something that I think is important. What I would say, and I'm not sure if we're saying the same thing or slightly different, I don't think they're quite at the 2019-20 level of, of mentality monsters, of, of their heavy metal football. I think that was another level with another group of players. But they're, they're getting to their level of what that's going to be with a new midfield, with, with a, a, a front line. And a back four that still once or twice, th th there's a few, it's not perfect, and that's why it's going to be the imperfect winners who win this title. They're still conceding, I mean, one of the best defensive records in the league. Yeah, the best. But they are still a little, a little bit leaky at the back. Well, yeah, you say that. And, and, and what's interesting, Rob, is when you, when, because I thought the same thing in terms of why, why are we not before in the last few weeks talking up Liverpool's title chances because all season long they've gone a little they've gone a little under the radar and I think it is part yeah. of it is that you do and I do you've just done it you do compare it to that team that team a few seasons ago yeah, yeah. where when we look at this operating and we remember that team we're like this isn't as good as that so we're, we're almost thinking that, that so it can't win the Premier League title I think I think again Rob when you're saying it's going to be you know, an imperfect then there may be. And, and if others continue to be imperfect, and it's a massive if, if Man City have a similar second half of the season, which we, we, we actually expect them to, to pick up, of course, in terms of their quality and, and, and victories, then Liverpool might be the best of the ones that aren't quite perfect. But it's just so easy because that Liverpool team was so great in so many yeah, different ways. Yeah, probably. It, 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 it does make you compare the we two. We probably do. We it's a good point. We probably do that with City, though, as well. We set City standards by those 100 points and the way they come back. So we compare those teams and yeah. we say they're not quite at it yet. We look at the league now. So, I mean, that's a decent point. Um, but I think they... I think, listen, they're right in it. They've got a manager, yeah. mate, who everything's going for him at the moment, knows, talked about his ability to affect the game with with his substitutions. He's been down the road, Rob. They're not going to get... I don't think they're going to get super nervous and super uptight about it. They know what it's like. They've finished a point behind City a couple of times. They've pipped him from one important occasion that I think stands them in good stead. Um, I have to talk about the goal scorer, the, 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 the man who's a difference maker, Mo Salah. Two goals, an assist, and an assist to the assist. So I, I had his fingerprints over all four goals. Um, I believe now, Rob, 150th and 151st Premier League goals for Liverpool from a wide position, and I'm going to go straight to it, and some may argue whether it's the right title. He's my underappreciated performer of the week is Mo Salah, my friend. And he's, some he's may so say, appreciated. Well, he, he's totally he's, appreciated. Well, well, well. Let me let me okay. take you to Sorry. where I'm saying the appreciation on. should go, and and, yeah. and I'm not disagreeing that he's not appreciated. I think people still. This summer, maybe it's a, it's a non-Liverpool. It's it's a, everybody but Liverpool. Like you know, how easy you go, you used to go down for penalties and all, all that kind of stuff. Used to get thrown against him. Maybe that that's quite not the case now. But but where I think the appreciation, Rob, is, it's a big statement. But I would say Mo Salah in 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 the manner of possibly a Thierry Henry maybe an Eric Cantona, has redesigned the wide play in a top-six team. 
If you're going to play wide and you go to that point when we talk about Arsenal, when you play wide now in a Premier League team, yeah. you have to be delivering almost double-figure goals. Mm. This fella delivers you 20-plus, almost guaranteed, mm. plus his assists, Rob. I've, I've seen it. He's got 14 goals. He's got eight Premier League assists. Mm. So not only does he score, he helps his players. Mm. He's, he's changed the role from mm. a right-sided from a right-sided winger to the goal scorer who wins your titles. That I'm thinking of anybody else in the Premier League history who's redefined a role. Trent might be, become it one day. Thierry Henry's up there. Eric Cantona's up there. Maybe Dennis Bergkamp. We're starting to talk at that level of appreciation. But what this guy does on a regular basis, Rob, he misses a penalty in, in this game, mm. doesn't bother him, mm. gets on it and scores, is a threat, looks for his teammates, looks happy, wants to go away, wants to come back, praised up his teammates in terms of they're ready to take my spot. I just feel like there's a, there is an appreciation, but I just think, you know, with this guy, there should be should another be level. Mm. He, he's a difference maker. No, it's interesting, Rob, you say that, and I'm racking my brains because it's, it's an interesting angle, like redefining a position. We've had people that have been brilliant in their positions. Dennis Burkamp was a brilliant number 10, but he's not, yeah. he's not redefining the position. Thierry Henry is an interesting one because he's a centre-forward that pulled to the left-hand side many, many times. That was yeah. a little different, that, mm. so I get that comparison. Yeah. But in terms of winger scorers, you could almost call them you know, striker wingers or winger strikers. What It, it is yeah. different now. Yeah. And I know that yeah. I'm looking at European football now. I know that, that Ronaldo did it brilliantly, but not, you know. Mm. And, of course, Lionel Messi was, was, was scored from wide positions, and, and it has become a thing. And I think, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Mo Salah's been the first and most prominent winger that's like a striker. And the goals and his hunger and his positioning is like, I want to score. I want to score. I want to, I want to play. So it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's an interesting shout, Rob, in terms of redefining. And so I, I'll get your argument under, underappreciated that this, this, this kind of icon of Liverpool now is one of the, the Premier League greats for sure. And I also think you make a good point with the assists. There's another, there's another one here with the way he flicks the ball with his outside of his left foot. Mm. There, there isn't many now that can wait that final ball pass in, a key pass or an assisting pass from Mo Salah that we've seen all season long that's spectacular as well and um, you know, there's a few seasons ago where there's a bit of argument with Sadio Mane is, is, and is, 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 is he greedy? Well, you're seeing now that he's a, he's a complete attacking forward yeah. player oh. um, so yeah, I mean yeah. I, didn't, I didn't read is the it, rundown, mate. Is it, is it a the... question Rob to, to take this forward and yeah, might, you know, and underappreciated mm. and again, listen, there'll be people who'll argue that he is appreciated, people who I have no, counter argument. Yeah. I just feel from, from yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a different take but well, it's interesting Rob and, and I've heard a few, um, you know he's going to be missing for could be five, six games depending could, could, on the competitions yeah, and yeah. how far they, they go in, in the competition but right now, and you, you just talked about it with the, the ball he plays for Gakpo's yeah. goal that became a really important goal in the yeah. game, is right now Mo Salah's in the sweet spot of, his, of the season. He's, he's bang mm. on fire. Mm. He's banging confidence. He's, he, you know, you don't play that ball, Rob, if you're not right on top of your game. Mm. You kind of look up, you mm. maybe get it back onto your left foot and, and bend it the other way. You don't go outside of the foot like relaxed and, and do that. So he's right in his sweet spot of, of where he wants to be. I, I, I guess the question is, Jota, Diaz, Gapo, Nunes, not quite in their sweet spots. All, all of them probably, maybe Jota report, are not quite in that sweet spot for them in, in terms of where they are. Nunes got his goals early and he's been a good assist and, as we say, a threat. Uh, Diaz has been a bit up and down. I thought he had a decent game. I thought Newcastle game was, was one of his yep. better games recently. Gakpo's yep. a different sort. Does 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 Mo Salah coming out and, and those having to hit the sweet spot? Does that change the whole profile of that Liverpool front three? Listen, I, 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 I know what you mean, and the profile is always going to be different without this guy. But I'm not. I, yeah. I still think the other players, Jogo Jota, is ready for a run of games. We said that in the last podcast where he comes mm -hmm. on, scores a goal against Fulham. Yeah. He's ready. He's absolutely ready for a run of games. Cody mm -hmm. Capo's ready for yeah. ready for a run of games. I don't think there's going to be quite the drop off that maybe others think. And of course, there's, there's a certain amount of drop off because it's Mo Salah. But I think these other players yeah. can, can find their sweet spot, Rob. Particularly Jota. You know, he's had mm -hmm. he's had he's come off the bench 
twice now, had a huge impact in terms of goals and assists. Um, Luis Diaz is such an important player, Rob, and, and you know, I was a little... Yeah. I, you know, I thought he might lose his place in the side going into this game against Newcastle, but he, he, he did, and maybe he senses the pressure mm. on his position, played really, really well. I mean, I know we're, good, we're talking well, a lot about yeah. this game, Rob, a couple of players I want to mention before we move on. Um, and the first one, I'm just going to... You know, is Curtis Jones. And Curtis Jones, at 22 years of age, his physicality, his ability, his decision-making, his now attacking side of things where he gets his goal. He, he is becoming a bonus in the midfield. And we know they've, they've changed the midfield yeah. and they brought some players in. But the continued minutes and development, also of Harvey Elliott, but more so Curtis Jones, yeah. makes yeah. Curtis Jones now... And I think he's one of the best pressing players, I think, in the league. I think there's stats that back that up. I think there's stats, Rob, about mm. when he's played for Liverpool, the percentage chance of winning goes up yeah, and all this I kind of stuff. Yeah. I think he, he is a very interesting mm. ooh, side note story to this season for Liverpool in terms of what they might do. And the, fa- the last one, Rob, I want to just ask you about, because Stephen Warnock was in the studio with me this weekend, and Stephen Warnock is, yeah. was hard on, on Darwin Nunez and... You know, he's from Liverpool, he's, he yeah. played there, he's got a lot of friends there, and he mm. reckons his friends are getting really frustrated with this guy. You know, gets so, so many opportunities, doesn't take them. Yeah. I differed a little bit. Mm. I said, I get that, yeah. but at 20, I think he's 24, mm. you know, he, something usually happens. He keeps getting them. He keeps getting chances. He gets yeah. maybe 15 yeah. chances where Gatba might get six chances. Where do you... So I'm, I'm OK with Liverpool and Klopp sticking with yeah. him and the fans try and be patient and stick with him because I think it's five goals five assists or more assists now we've got another, goal, another assist or six assists are you mm. are you as impatient as Stephen with or are you a bit more willing no, to be no. patient and I, let him I, let him continue I, here I'm a lot more willing than, than, than to, to, to be patient uh, Robert and, and for a number of reasons and it's almost the juxtaposition to Bobby Firmino Bobby Firmino used to come in to, to play and, and, and build the game up and, and affect the, 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 the back four and, and leave holes for others to, to exploit. But Bobby Firmino, when Bobby Firmino has a run of not scoring goals, people started saying, well, he's not, he's not contributing with the goals, is he? You know, it's too much reliance on Mane and, and, yeah. and Salah. And going the other way with, with, with Nunes, because Nunes isn't coming to the ball, he's going the other way. But his ability, Rob, to go over the top, yeah. to stretch defenders... To put pressure on the ball is a massive part of what's made Liverpool successful this season and give a chance. They dropping off in the way they have to a back four against Nunes means that Salah gets a little bit more space on his side yeah. of the pitch and maybe yeah. and, and maybe Diaz on, on the other. Yeah. And the other the other big thing I'll I'll point to, Rob, and, and, and it was something that I noticed from the game um yesterday. When when Nunes gets through with the kind of game he's had, he had every right to shoot to shoot on goal. Not square it, not square it to Mo Salah. Yeah. That told me a lot about the player and the situation Liverpool are in. He did took he didn't take anything personal about that. He took the best decision for the football club. Yeah. And I thought that was a massive thing early on in a game, in a game where he's gone through a couple of times and hit you know, gone close and hit the side netting and hit the goalkeeper. You know, that's the one way you, you want to get one yourself. But yeah. he recognised you know, I've got Mo Salah, he's the main man, he's in front of goal, he's in a better position than, than I am, I'm going to square the ball. That tells me a lot about the spirit in the club as well. It is also something that's important if you're going to win it. So, no, I, I think, listen, of course he has to keep chipping in with his goals, Rob, to, yeah. to, to validate his, his, his place in that. But do you know what, five, was he five goals and six, six assists? assists. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's okay for me. That's okay for me with what he's doing. Rob, let's let's just quick. I know we spent a lot of time on this game, Rob. We have got to quickly yeah, talk about Newcastle yeah. United and Newcastle. It, it, it's yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not true. Too strong a words. I don't think for me to say it's falling apart, right? And 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 the manager will start being under more pressure the longer this goes on. What I said, Rob, and what I believe is yeah. now. I think finally. I think it's weekend to weekend. There's some, there's some recovery time in between. Even yeah, this, this yeah, Christmas yeah, period, of course, yeah. is busy. It's like every three or four days, Newcastle are playing. They're playing again and again and again and again. And I get it. They look dead on their feet, absolutely dead on their feet. Um, yeah. I guess the question is, is will, will and when, is that right? If and mm. when? If and when, maybe? Like, will Eddie Howe yeah. 
get this back on track? Because this is a real test of him now as a manager. It's his most difficult yeah, period, yeah. absolutely, mm. at Newcastle United. I, I've loved yeah. Newcastle. I said on the, on our show, Rob, like, I want Newcastle back. I want to see the real Newcastle United back again. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah. Um, they had moments in this game, but they look fragile defensively, Rob. Uh, just the durability, which I've loved for so long, is gone. How quickly can and should he get it back? Well, I looked similar to yourself. I looked at the next three games, Rob. It, it's lost seven of the last eight. <sighs> next three games. Away at Sunderland in the FA Cup, mm. you, you do not want to lose that to your nearest and dearest no, you rivals. Do not. You do not. So, FA Cup. You're at home to Manchester City the next game. You're away to Aston Villa the next game. Yeah. We could get, if we get to 11 games, Rob, and there's no win and a defeat in the FA Cup, as well as Eddie's done, and this isn't, not, no. this isn't what I would do, no. but a group as powerful and as, as wealthy as the group that, that own the football club, who've got ambitions for where they want to go, I think that people will start to ask a question. There might be some questions starting to ask now mm. whether anything happens straight away, but he would definitely, I think, come under a little bit of pressure. Mm. Um, I believe in Eddie Howe. I think when he gets some players back and he can get a little bit of rest, I still think they're an excellent top six team yep. um, at best. But, you know, he needs some results right now, Rob. Yep. The, the bottom line is he needs some results. Regardless how they play, regardless how it comes, he needs a couple of wins to, to ease a, a little bit of the pressure and start into the second half of the season. They sit, at the moment, ninth in the table, Rob, on 29 points. Mm. You know, it's going to be an almighty task run to get anywhere near the top four the way things are going. Mm. Um, FA Cup next weekend, my friends, could be very interesting if, if yeah. Newcastle don't, don't get a win. Yeah. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, mate, let's move it on um, to another big story. Another yeah. a big game, big story. I mean... Yeah, Arsenal. So Arsenal uh, go to yes, Fulham, yes. go to the cottage, and Fulham win the game 2-1. Goals from Bukayo Saka, then Raul Jimenez taps one in with a side foot, and Bobby Dicodeva Reed scores in the 59th minute for a 2-1 victory uh, for Fulham. That's back-to-back losses now, Rob, isn't it? Yeah. West Ham United 2-0, and then this mm, game for, for Arsenal. Ham, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a very flat-looking Arsenal, but why don't you start on, on what you thought of this game? Um... Okay, well, Mikel Arteta I thought was very honest. Uh, in the in the defeat to West Ham, they were probably the better side. Didn't make the most of opportunity. Played decent football, as he said. Um, unfortunately, it was the end of the year. Uh, that's the worst performance probably of the season yeah. uh, against Fulham, which is worrying. Um, my takeaway, Rob, of one of the most fluent teams in the Premier League when they're playing their football have just become rigid. And I don't know if the rigid, rigidity, if that's a word, even. It is. Uh, I might be making up new words. Um, uh, but if that has become, is leading to a lack of confidence. Uh, there's a lack of balance in the midfield three that he hasn't quite got right. And, and they're still kind of not sure. There's a front three who generally are, are all up pretty much off form. The, the Premier League continually evolves, Rob. And... and, and when you had Saka and Martinelli doing what they did last season, people have now decided that that ain't going to happen. At times, they're doubling up on the outside. So, OK, that stops the threat from the wide areas. The central areas of the pitch in midfield are not anywhere near as productive. I kind of feel when Arsenal attack now... I've seen this attack before. I've seen it. It ends yeah. up getting to 30 yards mm. out, Odegaard on the ball, and then we're, we're trying to yeah. work out... It, mm. it feels a bit samey to me, Rob. Mm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, there's no question. I think I, I, I listened to a radio station, UK um, football station today, and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure it mm. said that Arsenal's front three is the lowest scoring in the top six. The front three players of the top six, Arsenal have got the fewest goals amongst them, which is 
incredible, really, given what they did last year. And it goes back to scoring. Yeah. And I think I've said for a while now that between Jesus and Martinelli, one of them's yeah. got to start scoring goals. Um, I just put the flatness of it and the lack of kind of drive that we saw so many times from Arsenal was was the biggest thing for me. I, I don't think I've seen as flat as Arsenal as that. And listen, we, we, we do know what it's like with all these games over the, over the, the festive fixtures yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. It is difficult. Um, though I would say this year's a little different. Oftentimes there's a game, there's, they have the Boxing Day and there's often a game like in three days, two games in three days, which is awful. They yeah, got away from yeah, that, yeah, which is good. But they still looked, they still looked a flat. Um, I think there's no, there was no cutting edge to their attacking play, Rob. The, 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 the struggles of Martinelli continues. The struggles of mm. Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz continues. This is one of his non-effective. Non-effective, doesn't do anything in there. He plays close. He, you know, we said that potentially mm. by making those runs around uh, Jesus to start on the bench, yeah. by the way, that it might be a way for him to to add goals and to be effective, this is one that, that wasn't. So if he's not effective, if, I mean, Nketiah wasn't effective, he got a chance to play up front, Jesus was on the bench, Jesus came on, not a lot of difference, and Martinez, he got dragged off early as well. You got Kivior, uh, Rob, yeah. that, that goes into midfield, mm. uh, you know, from left back, you go into to make another midfield player, is not comfortable in there. A combination of these no, things, and I think you make good. a good point, Rob, about, you know, it, it is rigid. And it is the same. And we know what happens. We know how they go from one shape to another shape. And he plays there and he plays there and Declan Rice does that. And the fullback goes inside there. The wide players stay wide. The striker comes deep sometimes. It has got a little bit stale, a little bit flat. And, you know, in terms of, we talked about it, Rob, in terms of the, the options Liverpool have. Are Arsenal's yeah, options yeah. just not very good? I mean, Emma Smith-Rowe and Ketcher came in for this game. Um, I, I think... From my point of view, and you know what I feel about Leandro Trossard, Rob, more Trossard now, yeah, more Trossard. Yeah. Whether he's a nine, false nine, or whether he plays in midfield where Kai Havertz plays, is it time for, for Mikel Arteta, Rob, to shake up this 11? And, and he, made a, he made a couple of changes in this game. Um, it, yeah. it, because this is drifting, mate. This isn't, this isn't a good look. How worried are mm. you for, uh, for the manager and for Arsenal? Um, it is drifting, and... He said, and again, I don't know whether this was cryptic or not, that the group here is a group that will, you know, get them back on track and, and whatever, almost like he wasn't going to, you know, dip in the transfer market. I want to just get your opinion on that in, in a minute. Yeah. But um, do, do you know, do you know what, 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 where I am with, with Arsenal? It's almost like, and maybe Trossard is, is, is the guy or something. It, it needs, it needs a, a little change, a little freshen, Rob. So is the false nine going to instigate something that we can, you know, change the dynamic? We can get midfield players going, running in. We can maybe get those wide players yeah, a little bit inside. more advanced yeah. and central and running, running in the side. You know, or because everybody's talking about, you know, getting a new striker. And, you know, if Ivan Tony's a guy, Ivan Tony's a guy. Or if it's Osterman from, from uh, Napoli or... I was trying to look down my list, Rob, and think, like, there ain't many who no, you're going to get at this time of year no, who, who, who you pretty much also guarantee can come in there and score goals. Because you can find, a, you can find a, a big striker and could come in your team and not score goals for you. So, so that becomes another, another worry. But I just feel Arsenal need something a bit different, Rob. Mm. They need to change mm. up. Is it, mm. and, 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 again, this is, I'm not saying this is the answer, but even maybe... A four-three-two-one. Have a look at that shape. And, and and could we could we work from that a bit to, to get people in a little bit of a different spot to create a few different relationships to maybe have fullbacks who can go on and one of those midfield players drops in to become a three. I, I don't know. I'm just looking at what they've got and mm. feel like if we go back to that four-three-three, if if he you know. Habits comes in for Trossard and Trossard in that same spot and it's the same centre forward and it's Saka and Martinelli. I kind of feel people have, have worked that out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at, uh, I got the line up here and, and, and Bukayo Saka. How about, how about trying him somewhere else, mm. Rob? How about trying him as a 10? Mm. Or how about trying him as a false 9? Number 10, yeah. Because he's yeah. a scorer. He's yeah. a scorer. He's got an eye for goal. He's got mm. good technique off, off both sides. Why don't you play him as yeah. a number 10? You bring in Trussard in a wider area. Maybe you play Rice alongside Odegaard. You know, you, you switch up your system mm. a little bit. I think we're at that yeah. point yeah. now. And we've seen this with other teams, by the way. Jurgen Klopp's done it many times in Liverpool, where it was 4-3-3. Yeah. 4-3-3. And then he'd chuck in something different. Mm. Pep, 
Pep obviously does it all the time. Pep he does it all the time. He changes all systems the all the time. Different players in different spots. Yeah. And, of course, if anybody should know about that, it's Mikel Arteta, after, of course, working with Pep. So, no, it, it's... Mm. And, I, and I, you know, we got a lot of Arsenal... I got so many Arsenal... Uh, friends, big Arsenal fans, and um, yeah. it's a little tough period yeah. for them right now. But it, again, this is what makes the mm. Premier League great. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. You know, we're going to talk about some of the other teams and how they're doing. And of course, we've just given out some awards about surprises and stuff. There's always a surprise. There's always something different. But if Arsenal want to win the Premier League, wow, they got to find something quickly, mate, because that was was a worrying, yeah. well, a worrying type performance. And particularly when they they scored first, and they and I I, I looked closely, yeah, they yeah. totally dropped off the game. They totally dropped off the game, which is what you wouldn't expect. Go and control it. It's Fulham. It's not a difficult team. It's not a hostile atmosphere. Go one up and then boss the game with football and possession. And that side of it is not the same. And the midfield is different. And I, and I keep saying it with Granit Xhaka. He did a lot of good things in midfield and they're not getting that yeah. with that position. And it was Havertz again in, in this game. So we'll see. Uh, you know, it was a big call. That was always a big call, Rob. Kai yeah. Havertz for, for Mikel yeah, Teta. Yeah. It was well, big money. Cool, and it, it will be. Money. You, know, yes. you put your head. Yeah, you have yep. to put your head on that one. Yep. Just to make sure we do as well, let, let's pay Marcus Silva yep. and Fulham a little bit of credit, Rob, because I thought the excellent. The football's been good. We've seen them on good days, score four and five. I thought Lino and, and Kenny in midfield mm. are, are a real good partnership. Mm. I think Kenny's just signed a new deal. Willie and Rob, who was, you know, yeah. not seen as good enough, no, uh, still. You know, still put, putting it in and, and, and performing for me. Wobie's former Arsenal player, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. he, he's getting a tune out of people, Marco Silva. Yeah. That's what was a really, really good win, win for them at home at, at, at Cottage. But worrying again for Arsenal, uh, another day when it hasn't quite happened. And Rob, this was the period when, you know, City were going away, things hadn't gone well yeah. before they left. And this was a period that Arsenal were supposed to get a six, eight, nine point lead. Anything but. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll just finish on a, on a, on a comment on uh, on Fulham as well. And you know, we all know that we expected a tougher season with Alexander Mitrovic leaving for Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. And Raúl Jiménez had done nothing, hadn't scored a goal, mm. and and it's good to see him scoring again. Big Raúl Jiménez, a Mexican striker yeah, that's got that. got a load yeah. of quality. Obviously had that horrific head injury a few seasons ago now, mm. and I just feel good for him. Because he's he's got he's got quality, yeah, he's got technique, he's starting to score goals. The fans, all of a sudden, he will appease everybody. And and, and Fulham is yeah. a good story. And there's no question, Marco Silva, now an experienced manager in English football, is a good Premier League manager. Yeah. And they sit comfortably, kind of mid-table-ish, a little a little lower than that. But yeah. again, where they where I thought they might be, that in bad at all at 13th. No, no absolutely great performance for Fulham. Uh, warning days for Mikel Arteta. Have a little break now before they come back. Let's move it to the Forest ground, uh, City ground, my friend. Uh, Nottingham Forest 2, Manchester United 1. Goals in second half from Dominguez scoring for Forest. Rashford replying for Manchester United. And then uh, Gibbs-White, two minutes later, getting what proved to be the winner. 2-1, home win to Nottingham Forest. I suppose the biggest thing, I, my, my biggest overview of this, Rob, and, and you know, I'm sure the, the, we could have a podcast on Man United right now, but my biggest thing I would say is... I wasn't that surprised. I've got to be honest. I mm. wasn't that surprised. What 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 does surprise me, and, and where I was trying to work this out, and, and I'll, I'll pass to you, my more learned friend, who'd probably know better how to explain this. But if if like you're a mathematician and you you have a set of algorithms or things that you look at to say what the answer is going to be to 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 a, 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 a sum or an equation, when you look at Manchester United as a pundit, you look at like performances or style of play or possession or and you look back to maybe the last game last couple of games so they yep. finish a game at Villa on the front foot flying yep. Yep. and you're thinking well, Nottingham Forest can we start well can we impose ourselves on the game and can we win the match well you may as well forget about that I mean you can forget even game to game you you, you have to look at Manchester United as every 45 minutes because every 45 minutes is different Hmm. And the last 45 minutes at Villa was decent. And then the next 45 minutes at Fulham is horrendous. It's horrendous, my friend. Hmm. And then hmm. the second 45 ain't, a lot, ain't an awful lot better. You, you get a goal through a goalkeeping mistake, really, that Rashford ends up putting away good work from Ganacho. Forrest play through you to get two goals scored, both goals from the exact position where United just continue to, to concede goals for fun. 
And Manchester United, in terms of what to expect, they are a manager's nightmare. He must send them out at the beginning of the game and cross his fingers and cross himself and say, please, can I get a performance? But, that, but that's not it's a good... incredible, that's not. I know, but that's not a good place to be. It's his job, Robbie. <laughs> it's his job to, to, to balance that equation. I, I, I'll, I'll go with the equations, right? The equation works when mm. they are 2-0 down, they nothing to lose, they've got to play out of desperation, we fly forward, everybody pushes up against Aston Villa, look what we can do at Old Trafford, bang, 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 energy, 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 Rasmus Hoyland, emotion, mm. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. That, that equation works. I'll give you another equation that works. Anfield. Everybody expects them to get a bit of a tonking. They go into a different mode. This is mode. This is their second mode, where they, they, they can grind. They, they, you know, the two banks mm. are four, and they can, they can, they can work yeah. hard when it re- requires it. And that's everybody, by the way. That's Garnacho, that's Anthony. They can grind, yeah. and they can get results that way. Now, the problem where the equation doesn't work is when it's in between that. Mm. When it's not a situation where they've got to grind and, and sit in, and it's not a situation where they've got to go out and, and pulverise teams to get something from the game, Rob. It's a general game. And when the game's general, and when it's kind of even, they don't know what they are. They don't know whether they're meant to be attacking and possessing and being expansive and front foot because they kind of feel like, well, actually, we're better when we're defending and, we, and we're in transition. As, as the manager said, I quote, we want to be the best transition team in the world, which hints at, and he said this before, by the way, that the players he's inherited at this club are not really open expansive like Ajax. It's more of the counter-attacking style. So he gets caught in between, Rob, and I think that is a big problem. The midfield players, Rob, don't know whether to push up to support the attack or whether to sit back and protect a back four. So, and that's the manager's position. And, and, and between now and the end of the season, it's the biggest audition, if you like, with a new management structure that's coming in place that we'll be looking very closely at Eric Ten Hag because... Yes, there's more important decisions to be made in the, in the back room with directors and head of recruitment. It's going to come. Yeah. But the manager, of course, is, is a really important position as well. And I don't care who's out injured. We're seeing it all over the league, all over the league, to some affecting more than others. Um, but the inconsistencies after the time that the manager's had now and, and the yeah. incredible highs and lows and differences... Polar opposite type of performances and reaction. That's why after the Villa game, Rob, I mean, it's emotional. We're in the studio. It's like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. sorry to say that might not be the norm and, and, and it won't be a start of a new United because we've seen it too many times. The players that they've got in the form that they are, they're a mid-table team. And another stat on that, they've got a goal difference after 20 games of minus five goal difference and minus yeah. five is the same yeah. as Brentford in 16th position in the league table. Mm. I think they're, again, I heard something on the radio and again, if you fact-check me, you know, I hope it's right. I think they're the, it's the yeah. fourth worst Man United season of all time, they're on for, I something, in terms of where they are right now, comparing. So, again, don't check, check well, me on I think that. It's I just 14 listen to the losses, yeah. But there is, it's like one I, of the worst. 14 ever losses in the calendar, calendar year, which is the first time since 1930, apparently. Right. The, year, the depression. I mean, it, it's numbers like that, that you can't even you know, comprehend with, with what you've And there's got been a lot of money spent. You know, just. Know. just just, just some basic things. So I see Johnny Evans, who uh, I have huge respect for as, as a professional, as, as, as you know, somebody who's come through the ranks, someone who's gone to West Brom and Leicester, had a really good career. Yep. Um, that Manchester United is still relying on him kind of tells you where they are. And, and not only relying on him, Johnny Evans ends up being one of their yeah. most consistent performers. Yep. Let, let me tell you what I would do. In the, it, let me tell you what I would do, could do for Manchester United and would make them a better team. And you, you'll... You're either going to love this or hate it. I'm going to take a 50-year-old Robbie Musto <laughs> and put him in central midfield for <laughs> Manchester United and say, when, we, when we're attacked, sit on the edge of the box and clean up the bits that get cut back. Because, by the way, yeah. maybe eight, nine, ten yeah. goals have come from yeah. there. They've come from there because Scott McTominay has got so much energy, he's running all over the pitch, he doesn't know where to be, Rob. You could put... A 50-year-old Robbie Musto who would read a cutback yeah. and get a block in. After that, games on, who, who knows what could happen, <laughs> Mr Musto. Pulled hamstrings and all that. But, but what I'm saying is, Rob, a little bit of football now, as well as football ability, can get you out. Johnny Evans is playing on football now. It's not just mm. his ability. Mm. He puts himself in good spots. Manchester United's football now 
is, is, is incredibly low. Uh, I also want to take you yeah. to Anthony Alanga, wide oh, uh, I know. right. Was he right, uh, right or left? I know where you're going. He was yeah. wide right, left for, for Nottingham Forest. Wide right for, not, for Manchester United is Anthony. Let's just weigh the two up. One's not good enough for Manchester United to lose, leaving for 20 million. One comes in at 100 million. One's got 10 goal involvement and actually looks like there's more to come. Really good, yeah. One looks like he's shot and can't go past the fullback. Can't go past the fullback. I mean, those basic things, Rob, hurt Eric Ten Hag because Eric Ten Hag knows Anthony, surely wanted Anthony, and Anthony ain't delivered. You've got Sancho sitting on, on the side who they're talking about will have to leave the football club. Uh, you've got Rashford, who's no, a, a shadow of himself. You've got the kid up front who's trying a leg and, and got his first goal. Unfortunately, wasn't able to, to back that up with another performance. But, I mean, Rob, you, you, you can go on and on and on with this Manchester United thing, which, as you said, eventually he's going to fall back on the manager. Well, the, 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 I've made a note of that, Rob. Everything you've just talked about is down to one guy, and it's the manager, Eric Ten Hag. Jadon Sancho. Yeah, poor behaviour from Jadon Sancho. Poor tweet. Not great. And now he's just not, he's not, he's not of use. He, there's a fallout there. That's between the manager and Jadon Sancho. And I, and I respect and I understand that Ten Hag wants to, wants to put, put his yeah. foot down and all that kind of stuff. All right, this is crazy. This is crazy. The pen, it was a lot of money, a pen and a fortune. He's doing nothing. That's the manager. Marcus Rashford, brilliant last year, lost his way, lost his form. Manager, maybe less so in this one, but still it's his job, Eric Ten Hag, to get Rashford playing, get him back to his best again. The signing of Anthony that you just eloquently described in comparison uh, with Anthony Langer was, has to be, has to be because of the Ajax connection, a, a Eric Ten Hag request or desire. And then the last bit, what you started with, the midfield of, in terms of Naus. Now, now Kobe Mainu... Mm. Isn't probable here, but he's a young player playing in a key central midfield position, right? He's got a ton to learn. He looks a brilliant talent. But you've got him alongside, yeah. right, started the game, Christian Eriksen. Now, we're talking the centre of midfield, where it used to be Nicky Button and, um, and Roy Keane in our day. Or players yeah. that have the nous. They've got the aggression. They sniff out yeah. danger. They do the Robin Musto role and sit on the edge of the box and read pullbacks and, and get in good spots. That was a selection from the manager to play Ericsson as a central midfield player because I get it. Well, in some ways, Ericsson's a great passer. He's, he can get the team playing, Football and I think Ten Hag likes that. So all those things that you talked about does go back to the manager. And they're all his decisions and his actions and his man management and Sancho and everything else. So that's why United desperately want to stay behind a manager and have him for a period of years and period of seasons and see a steady progression improvement. But I'm afraid this season has been so damaging and so many of those... You can, you can, you can trace back to the manager that he's bang under pressure to be the guy for Jim Ratcliffe, for Ineos, for this 25% of the football club who have the, the power now on the football side of the club to make decisions, I don't think he's going to continue after this season. Yeah, It's going to be a tough one, mate. Yeah. I know you want to appreciate... I just want to appreciate Nuno, actually, who's gone in at Forest, mate, and in 10 days, looks like he's done as much as Eric Ten Hag's done yeah. in 20 months. Uh, one player in particular I know stood out for you, you think deserves a little bit of, uh, well, of extra credit. Yeah, you reminded me there, mate, because um, I, I liked so much about Nottingham Forest now, and I, and I always had a bit of a soft spot mm. for Nuno Espirito Santo. I like the way that they're different. Nottingham Forest are different. They're, they're front foot. They're attacking. They're getting the fans at the city ground involved. Fans are loving it. They're attacking. They're playing 4-2-3-1 for the most part. You've got Kellum. Hudson uh, didn't start this game, I believe, but, but, but yeah. um, of course, you've got Alanga. Yeah. You have Chris Wood playing up front. Um, but I'm going to chuck in an underappreciated Rob and a player that was quite a big fee um, but has, has excelled and he's developing with the emotional, technical, physical attributes that you need to be a massive fit, and that's Morgan Gibbs-White. Morgan Gibbs-White mm. has kind of floated around in different positions. Nottingham Forest has been a difficult... Of course, it was Wolverhampton Wanderers before that when he was just starting to come yeah. into the team. And I think me and you said, wow, this kid looks like he can play. Didn't often mm. play all, uh, all the time because of his age. He's come to Nottingham Forest, and he's a real talent. And I think we know about his skill and his ability, his creativity, his... 
his um, his influence on the attacking side of it. But I've been impressed yeah. recently with his with his emotional drive. He's fired up, and and sometimes, you know, that's not always the best thing in certain situations. But it, it smacks of desire. It smacks of he cares about what he does at this football club. So I think Morgan Gibbs White, and I know that he is one of the star players there, Rob. I'm saying that he's he, he's really he's better than maybe what we all think, and could definitely play at the highest level, maybe go on to be a Champions League player at a club in the future. I just wanted to give Morgan Gibbs-White a mention for his time good there shout. and how he's improving. It's a really good shout, and, and for a couple of reasons, Rob, I'm going to say that. I think when you see Brennan Johnson go in at Spurs and have the influence, you look at Gibbs-White and think, you know, similar talent. I remember when uh, Jesse Lingard was signed by Forrest, mate, a couple of seasons ago, and it was almost sort of like Jesse would mentor... Uh, yeah. Gibbs White through. I mean, how their careers have gone in different paths. Yeah. And the other interesting thing, and again, I might be wrong, but I, I think I read somewhere that back in the Wolverhampton days, maybe Gibbs White and Nuno didn't quite get on. He wanted to play a bit more, maybe not. And I think it might have been in that era that went, when he was at Swansea first with Cooper and then left. Mm. But it was interesting that he was named Captain Rob. And you talk about man management, you talk about Bruno Sancho, Aidan uh, Sancho and Eric Ten Hag, that, you know, Whatever happened in the past was in the past. It was a different club. Nuno now needs uh, Gibbs White to be a big part of what he's going to do. He gets him on side. Gibbs White, Gibbs White looks like he, he, he's give everything now for yeah. this team and for this manager. And that's a bit of the difference that we're talking. Maybe that Eric Ten Hag somewhere mm. at some time might have to say, OK, Jaden, we've had our problems. Come on, let's get you on the pitch and, and let's do what you're doing. But, yeah, great shout, mm. Morgan Gibbs-White. Um, I think we might have had him as an underappreciated as, as well, maybe early in the season Did or we? last season. Oh. But, yeah, okay. definitely a, a, a big, important player yeah. for, for Knott's Forest. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let's move it to uh, Manchester City, my friend. I think they were the winners of the uh, Christmas festive uh, fixtures. Went away, won their fifth uh, trophy in the calendar year. Paraded that before the game against Sheffield United at the weekend. All photos with all the squad, even those who were injured, were there. Uh, then they get down to business, mate. And, and our friend Rodri yeah. is back in the team. Scores an important first goal. Uh, Julian Alvarez, um, you know, stepping in for Haaland, comes up with the, with the second goal. You know, City dominate the, the game. I think it was 81 percent to 19 and possession. Uh, Chris Wilder said it was like playing for five hours against City. And, and something he said, Rob, stood out where he said it's not just the play and the ability, it says the hunger to win the ball back. And, and it really stuck with me because part of me is saying City won't lose this title on ability. They might lose it if they're not quite at it yeah. all day and then yeah. the hunger just drips a little bit. Yeah. When Chris Wilder's starting to say straight away, I think that's a worry for the rest of the league. Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think I think the headlines are pretty obvious on this game, Rob, for me. Um, I thought they looked fresh. They looked ready. They looked ready to 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 really start attacking the top of the Premier League table. I mean, you, you have you have no players away at the Asia Cup or the Af Africa Cup of Nations. You've got Kevin De Bruyne, who got one of the biggest cheers when he started to warm up, yeah. almost ready to play. He's kind of ready to go. Erlen Haaland, we assume, is going to be is got not too far away. Um, they are looking like okay. Now, now we mean business. We've had those games of, of every three or four days, which is tough for all of them. To be fair, um, now they've got a, a more yeah. of a manageable schedule until the Champions League kicks in back in again. I think is in February. Um, so th th they looked absolutely at it. Rodri is just a phenomenal footballer. Phenomenal. When I when I look at him, Robin, it's no surprise when he comes forward and strikes it and scores. You look at him when he celebrates, Robin, and. 
and the, the, his teammates come around him, and he's, he's like that. He's like they're, they're all like little. Yeah. He's so big. He's so big, so commanding, so great, so graceful on the ball. I mean, he's, he's, he gets he, he's he's aggressive. Uses physicality when he needs it. Apart from all the, the good defensive work he does, I mean, the ability to come forward and strike the ball like that is, is sensational. Yeah. Um, I do want to give a, a special little shout out to um, Oscar Bob. Now you know we see oh, yeah. him, we see yeah. him now and again. Uh, he made one of the, the, mm. the best pass of the game where he, he finds Phil Foden that finds yeah. Julian Alvarez. Mm. Um, so much quality. So Oscar Bob is another one. He comes on with his little left foot. What a talent he is! And and it's like a conveyor belt, Rob. It, you know, it started with Foden. We saw Cole Palmer. Uh, we have Oscar Bob. Have they got a mould? Yeah, they have. have. they got a mould of left-footed midfield yeah, players? By the way, they're all lefties, mate, which is the hardest yeah. to get. Technical, balanced, vision, power. I know. He's got those it's loads interesting of them. That, else. That, that Pep said when he brought him on, Rob, he, he, when he brought him on, he said, I just wanted to change the pace of the game in the wide areas. You know, Jack Greeley should have the uh, burglary in his house and probably yeah. wasn't quite in the right place. And then he just comes on, as you say. It's a beautiful pass. I thought the pass didn't get enough uh, praise as much as, you know, the, the, oh. the Foden pass and Alvarez there. I mean, he threads it through three players into the run of Phil Foden, who hadn't started running yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw Sheffield United frustrate Aston Villa, Rob, wasn't it? A mm. couple of weeks ago, I don't know, the, yeah. the games blend yeah, into yeah. each other. But it wasn't long ago we saw Sheffield United with a really good defensive performance. 1-1 one, one, one draw. 1-1 one, one, one draw, draw at Absolutely. Villa away. Chris Wilder's uh, team, yeah. And now mm. you see them try the same thing with, with Man City and it's a different game, it's a different <laughs> level, it's a different, a different um, opponent. Um, and yeah, I, the headline is they are back, they look like they mean business, mm. players are coming back to full fitness and... It's, they're gonna. You got a sense that they're gonna go on a run now, mate, and and, and go unbeaten for for many many games. I mean, Pep, as if he hasn't got everything he needed. It's just like every now and then, Kevin De Bruyne going warm up changes the whole atmosphere yeah. in the stadium, yeah. changes yeah. the whole atmosphere of what's happening on a pitch. Hmm. Everybody's on, on on guard, like he's he's coming back. I mean, it's incredible, as you say. And I think more than anything, as I, I, I took away, was the hunger's back. Uh, they paraded five trophies uh, from this calendar year, and they'll be desperate yeah. to be landing that big one in May again, mate. They're gonna, they yeah. are still going to yeah. be the team to beat. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, but... mate. Go for it. Let's move it on to some uh, some other results. Yeah. Like, let's run quickly through some other results. Aston Villa three, Burnley two. Uh, Villa getting back to winning ways. Um, Unai Emery's team uh, find themselves in the top two, mate. I mean, which is incredible. Uh, 42 points, just three yeah. behind Liverpool. Uh, goals from Bailey, Diaby and uh, Douglas Louise penalty. Uh, Amdouni and Foster with, with uh, decent goals. Burnley continue to play this in football. Doesn't quite, things aren't quite going the way. Sanderberger got a red card in that game, uh, which obviously made it more difficult. But, um, yeah, Villa continue, mate, to mm. uh, keep pushing at the top and remain part of this title race as long as they, they stay in that top th three or four spots. Yep, I'm, I'm going to jump on to another team, Rob, that are going to remain in the title race. That's Tottenham. Mm. Tottenham beat Bournemouth 3-1. Um, you know, three attacking players scoring the goals. Paps are from midfield. Hyunmin Sun scores another goal. Richarlison, that's becoming a very interesting five goals in five for, for Richarlison. Had surgery a couple of months ago to fix yeah. a problem. And now, as a number nine, that's interesting. When you're going to have Hyunmin Sun and away now in the Asia Cup, Hyunmin Sun, you have Sun, yeah. Yeah. Richarlison, Kulisevsky, Madison to come back. Van der Ven to come back. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting situation where they are right now, and they're a point behind Arsenal. Um, let's just run through them, Rob, because we want to go through our underappreciated performer. Luton Town two gave Chelsea yeah. a really good game, um, but that's mm. an, that's an important victory for Chelsea. And Cole Palmer, really the standout player. Madouake I thought looked good as well. Again, um, yeah. I do yeah. like just on on uh, on Luton side. I do like the look of Ross Barkley right now, and whether he feels like he's mm. you know he's in the team that. I don't know, the Luton Town, and, he, and he, he puffs his chest out, and I can be a better player than this. And comfortable, yeah. Well, whatever yeah. the reasons are, yeah, yeah. he looks really good and comfortable mm. playing the best football I think yeah. he's played for, for seasons. What else stood out to you? Uh, well, Wolves 3, Everton 0. Uh, not a good day for Everton. It was almost like the, the Everton before Sean Dyche had got hold of them and, and, and put them through a bit of rigour, Rob. A uh, lot of credit to, to Wolves. Uh, to come in with a goal, Cunha, and Craig Dawson with his first goal of, of the season. Three goals, clean sheets. 
Wolves uh, up to 11th in the table, 28 points for them, Rob, and absolutely no problem. And very close to my underappreciated manager uh, of the half season was Gary O'Neill and the job he's done at Wolverhampton Wonders. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, just, I want to chuck something at you, Rob. Before we get to underappreciated teams, um, we, yeah. on our, on our, we had a segment today, Rob, right? And we had to make a bold prediction for the second mm. half of the season. And uh, I think yeah. my bold prediction, and I just want to get your take on it, because it is kind of bold, but it's like, oh, it could happen. On, my man. bold prediction was that Tottenham will finish above Arsenal this season. Give me, give me, I can give you the, the, the reasons for that, but before I do that, is that, is that a silly, silly bold or is that, is that a real potential possibility well, in your opinion? Well, based, based on your early season shout that Arsenal were going to win the title, that means Spurs <laughs> are champions, which absolutely <laughs> seem worth. Uh, I kind of know where you're going, feeling what's coming back and maybe mood and that. Yeah, Richarlison. I'm going to believe in, I'm gonna believe in okay. Mikel a little bit more. I'm going to believe in this group a little bit more. I'm going to believe in what they've done, the, the maturity and the Declan Rice will get themselves back on track. But I'm telling you what, it's... it's it's a good bet, that one. It's, it's mm. not a bad bet, is it? Tottering yeah. them, whatever one point, they call one it, between Arsenal and Tottenham. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's a good shout. Yeah, it's a good shout, my <clears throat> All right, let's do it. Are we uh, just going to do uh, Crystal Palace 3, sorry, Brentford 1? No, on, we, we just got to uh, do that one because a little bit of pressure was on, uh, big, on, on Roy Hodgson, wasn't there? But he, he's come through with a, a good win against Brentford. Uh, Lewis Potter getting the, um, the Brentford goal and Elise getting a couple and Eze, the two star boys are there getting results getting goals, getting results. And, I mean, you just feel with those two in the team and, and the rest of the side strop, properly structured by Roy that Palace shouldn't have a problem. They're the one that we, we thought yeah. could get caught, pulled into it. But yeah. uh, when you see days like that and you see those two playing at the level they're playing, that they, they are difference makers. They, they are the Wilf Zaha that Palace have had in the past. Yeah, and I'll just add to that, Robert. There, there's a little bit of paper talk the last couple of days about Michael Lise, and he could be a target to go quickly for a big fee because his talent is undeniable. He did sign a new contract recently, yeah. but that, that's a bit of a worry going into the January transfer window. And I just finished the game, Rob. I just finished West Ham United nil, Brighton nil. Very much yeah, a... Yeah. It was disappointing. Brighton were the mm. better team, the more progressive team. But West Ham United have had a good... They've had a good Christmas period and, and it's hard to be too critical yeah. of them. But they were they're kind of off it today. Of course, they're missing Kudus who's gone off to the African Cup of Nations, and they weren't allowed to yeah. play him for one more day. Mo Salah played for Liverpool yesterday, and yet they wouldn't allow him oh, to stay okay. an extra day, oh, which is, exactly. I think has really yeah, annoyed yeah. Um, David Moyes. Um, so a bit, yeah. it's a bit of a stodgy one from West Ham, but that's what you get sometimes yeah. with, with Moyes' West Ham. That being said, bigger picture for them is really, really great. And Brighton's injuries continue, but they still rotate, mm. try different people, and a bit unlucky. You know, some bad finishing. They should have won that game, but... Uh, yeah, so that continues to be a story. What Deserby does at uh, Brighton. Okay, my friend, drum roll Go time on, to our mid-season underappreciated teams of this season so far. The half season, I should actually say. Can I just interrupt? Let me Rob? start with, so can with I just mine and then. Can I just interrupt for a second? Yeah, I just like just to justify on, it. Like we could do a best team of the season, but. Everybody's is kind oh, of similar. Yeah, Erlen yeah. Haaland and Mo Salah mm, and everybody yeah. else. We, we, of course, we try and dig a little bit deeper. And, and this is like a ones to watch. Had a great season when you wouldn't expect it. So that's just the reasoning behind doing this and not yeah. a best uh, team. And just to do you a favour, we did actually send both our teams into the producers and, and they were quite similar. I think we only had two or three players different. So that's I know amazing, you've taken on and slightly moved moved a, li a little bit so that we yeah. could get one or two other players in just to broaden it out. And, and again, it's underappreciated. So players that the start of the season, you know, halfway through, wouldn't have been getting the, the plaudits they deserve. I I'll start with my team, Rob. I'm going in a 4-2-3-1 formation um, to get certain players in. I've gone for Vicario in goal because I just yeah. believe that we didn't quite know what we are getting. He's, he's replacing the captain, Hugo Lloris, who's been a, a, a massive player for, for Spurs. Um, I think he's had a brilliant season, you know, sitting behind that high back line. So back forward, Pascal Gross could have fit in six or seven positions, had to be in my team. Ethan Pinnock and Jared Branthwaite, I think, yeah. are two un really underappreciated. Branthwaite's one for the future. And Udogi, Rob, who knew with Udogi what we were going to get? He comes back into the team from Udinese. He's been a, he's been a bit of a star in, in, in Angeball and the way they play. I've gone to Villa sitting too and maybe take some criticism for John McGinn and Douglas Louise. 
I couldn't, I couldn't leave McGinn out of my team. And Douglas Louise, I think, is a, a, a star in the making, Rob. I think Arsenal would look at that and probably think we missed out on that one. Ahead of them, Bowen on one side, Hichan Wang on the other, Cole Palmer's an absolute shoe-in with yeah. what he's done for Chelsea, yeah. uh, having come. And Dominic Solanke up front, Rob. Um, yeah. 12 Premier League goals, one assist, 26 years of age. A little quiet dark horse if things go his way to find his way into a national squad. And we had to pick a manager of our, our team. And I went with Unai Emery, my friend, where Aston Villa was sitting second, three points behind Liverpool, yeah. with what he's done at that football club, giving back their belief and their ambition and playing the football that he's played. Unai Emery's my uh, underappreciated manager of the half season. Yeah, lovely. Lovely, mate. I mean, can't can't complain. I've I got a few differences in there, but that's a good side. And, and, it, and it, isn't it fun to pick out people that, that wouldn't have expected yeah. to be in this situation mm. right now? Um, uh, I, I've gone to... So I've got some differences. You know, I, I, I'll go... I'll start with my goalkeeper. And, yeah, kind of a random yeah. one here. Burnt Leno. I just think Burnt Leno's gone down to Fulham and, mm. you know, kind of pushed out of Arsenal, not... not thought he was good enough but Fulham having a good season Burt Leno's quietly having a very good season as goalkeeper there's no talk and when there's not much talk of a goalkeeper at a club like Fulham then, that, then that's good news so I, I've gone mm. for a little bit of a different shouting goal uh, with him um, Pascal Gross is my captain we haven't got it on the graphic there but he's my captain Pascal Gross with what he does for Fulham given his attributes given expectations he's a uh, little uh, diamond Brighton mate Brighton Brighton what did I say Pascal Gross Brighton yeah yeah, yeah Brighton. So Pascal Gross is my captain at right back. And by the way, you could play Gross anywhere yeah, on the field. Yeah. Um, just watch mm. him again tonight. Uh, Jan-Paul van Hecker, the Brighton centre-back. Another pick out yeah. of nowhere for Brighton. Central defender looks really, really good. I mean, he, he's very similar to Branthwaite. And I thought about those guys as well. And some of some, your centre-backs as well. Uh, but van Hecker, and I had another good look at him today. What a, what, a, what a player he is, you know, from, from nowhere, really. It seems like he's coming to the side and doing really, really well. Alongside him, Murillo. And if those out, people out there that maybe aren't familiar with him and you get a chance to watch Nottingham Forest, he's a Brazilian centre-back. And he Lovely. does his job really, really well. He loves a dribble. He loves a run forward with the ball. <laughs> he loves a little <laughs> mazy. Thinks he's going to pass the ball. He drags <laughs> it and continues. He gets himself into the penalty area of the opponents. He is... I, I just love him to bits, Murillo, because the way that he plays on not only the defense, defensive side, but his, his willingness to come out and dribble and, and be fun and, and try and create things as well. So Murillo, Nottingham Forest, is my uh, centre-back. Um, similar to you, Rob, on the left side as well. Destiny, Udogi, yeah. wow. Like, the, you know, who saw that coming? Absolutely right. So I won't dwell on him. My midfield's a little different. I mean, John McGinn is one of my absolute favourites, so we had to play him. And the same as you, Rob, with Cole Palmer that was a big signing, but nobody expected him to be probably the best player at Chelsea so far this season with his quality, of course, from, from Man City. But my difference there is, is Jao Palina, and he's a, he's a shoo-in. He's got to hold that midfield. You yeah. know, it's only the, he's 28, Rob. If, if he was maybe a couple of years younger, there's a lot of clubs that can use him. A lot of the big, big clubs could use him from mm. Liverpool to Manchester United. He's that good. He's 28 now, and I, I don't know whether... Those clubs will, will take a shorter-term kind of view on him. But Jao Palina, I mean, he is, he is a beast of a defensive midfield player that's decent on the ball, so he's in my team as well. My front three, yeah, similar with Dominic Solanke, outstanding so yeah. far, and, and He Chang Wang. But my difference there is Lucas Pakatar. And, yep, Pakatar. I know... Instead of Bowen, so you went for Pakatar instead of Bowen. Yes, I did. Interesting. Well, they're, they're, they're similarly... Mm. I just... Why I've gone for Pakatar, Rob, is that... Yeah. I don't think we all appreciate how good he is. Yeah, I think we know how good Bowen is, and he's mm. been great, and he's one of the best players at the club. But Lucas Pakatar, I think, in terms of why he's in my underappreciated team, is that people know about him. West Ham fans yeah. love him, but I think he's really special. I don't think, as a whole, yeah. a lot of people in the Premier League watching it, following it, whatever, realise he's, he's almost world-class in, in what he can do with his left foot, his creativity. Maybe not there yet. He's a starting player, yeah, attacking midfield yeah, player for Brazil out. national mm. team. I just think he's a special, special player. That's why I want him in the side. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there it is, a similarly. And my mm. manager is Gary O'Neill. Given, Rob, the situation at Wolverhampton Wanderers, where the manager, Lopetegui, walks away days before the season starts. They sold some of their best players to Saudi in different places. And yet, 
he's brought a team that are very comfortable in towards the middle of the table and nobody really thought, oh, Wolves with Gary O'Neill got fired from Bournemouth. You know, you talk about an underappreciated person at Bournemouth, absolutely underappreciated. We want somebody else, Iriola, to come and manage our team. You can, you can leave our club. And to go into Wolves, a difficult job with financial fair play issues as well as losing some key players. What a job Gary O'Neill's done. So there you go. Yeah. Good shout. I, I just want to mention on the managers. I think we have to uh, uh, Iriola uh, uh, Bournemouth. Rob, I think he, he's, he's the one well. who's yep. put people by surprise. Uh, Ange Postecoglou, I yep. think, coming at Spurs. I don't think anyone's quite expected no. what we'd seen at Spurs, mate. Um, and, he, and I'm going to give a little mention to, to Rob Edwards at Luton as well. By the way, yeah, I, got, I think yep. everybody's got Luton in their team to go down. And I think he, he deserves a little special mention. A difficult season, obviously, with the Kodiak arrest. He's captain Tom Lockyer, that, you know, keeping the team uh, focused. And, and, you know, they're, they're competitive, Rob. The second half of the season could be interesting for Luton, yeah. Luton Town. And uh, with a game in hand with a few teams down there, it, it might not be done and dusted. So Can I give on you one more? Yeah, Can listen. I give you one more, Rob? Let me Go give on, you then. one more before, before we kind of sign off a little bit. And <laughs> different kind yeah. of category. But how about the job that Sean Dyche has done at Everton in those circumstances? Yeah, absolutely. With those 10 points with the deducted. 10 point deduction. Oh, absolutely. He's managed absolutely. that club beautifully yeah. through a very difficult yeah. period of time. He won absolutely. four games in a quick succession to get his 10 points back. He's done an amazing job. Yeah, and they've, they've just fell back a little bit, but you, you bit. tend to think in, in Dutch we trust and, yeah. and, and they'll be OK. But good shot, mate. Yeah. One manager, um, just a little bit of news, mate, that we, we, we rarely do, but oh. a manager out of the championship, Wayne Rooney, oh, yeah. has been sacked today. I think it's 13 games in, in charge. Um, obviously, a magnificent player for, for the likes of Everton and, and Manchester United, and then has gone into the management at Derby, DC United now, Birmingham, and, and things haven't quite gone as he would like, so... A uh, little surprise there, Robert. Uh, you know, they, they made a, a big fanfare to get him in. Um, you thought they'd give him a little bit more time, but um, obviously a uh, number of defeats recently and defeat, um, I think, a couple of days ago, 3-0 loss was enough to um, get, let, make the, the, push the owners to make a decision. So, uh, whilst he gets a bit of time off at, at Christmas and the New Year, uh, I'm sure he's going to be back somewhere. It's going to be interesting where that is. But, uh, mm. yeah, Wayne Rooney, the manager, is not really yet kicked off uh, anywhere near Wayne Rooney, the player. Um, but that's it, mate. We're, we're going to wrap this up for the end of 2023 and the start of 2024. It's, I think, I believe, it's a record season of goals so far in the Premier League. Long may that continue. We're going to take a, a well-earned break this weekend. It's FA Cup weekend as all the teams play in the Great Cup competition. We'll be back mid-January. That's January the 14th when we'll, we'll have half of match week 21 and the second half come the weekend after. And when we'll see Newcastle host Manchester City that weekend and Manchester United try to deal with Spurs and Ange Ball. But for now, I'm Earl. He's mustered together with two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe. Stay healthy. Hope you have a great 2024. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. 
the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.